one of the many things about which the coronation of King Charles III prompted thought was that of vocation. There was, after all, a multi-layered understanding of vocation beneath the remarkable rite that we saw unfold to such powerful effect in what is still, despite the cuts made recently, one of the most complex liturgies of the Western Church. There was an implicit sense of calling and vocation, quite central to key moments such as the anointing, which is why that ceremony has always meant an enormous amount to the sovereigns thus anointed, perhaps prompting for some the question of why, which is therefore useful to reflect on. We are all familiar from the Bible with the call of Abraham, as well as the call of the people of Israel. We are also fairly familiar with the special call given to the apostles or disciples by Christ, and beyond that the wider call made to all Christians, whereby we together comprise the assembly of the called, which is the church, to use the language of St. Paul. But beyond even that, there is actually a more universal sense in which we all, as human beings, have a calling, which is to be a particular individual human being, authentically. That's why everyone actually has a vocation, not just religious people. We can see ourselves as people of God in the widest sense, that can, I think, be deeply meaningful across even the very real differences that separate the so-called peoples of the book. And therefore, we see a vocational structure to our very existence itself, something which allows us to see a profound aspect of the human condition. But we, as Christians, go beyond this basic, if very deep, claim, which is one we share, of course, with Jews and Muslims, about being creatures standing by virtue of creation in a particular relationship to God. For as Christians, what emerged first in the call of Abraham and the people of Israel comes to its fullest form and fruition in Jesus Christ. Theological reflection allows us, therefore, to see in the Church, which is the people of God, and more particularly the followers of Christ through time, imbued with the life-giving Holy Spirit, the concrete expression of God the Father's call to us all to realize our humanity in relation to him. And this is something we understand ourselves as uniquely able to do as Christians through his Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is a central part of the specificity, the scandal of specificity, as it is sometimes called, of what it means to be Christian, which also makes us quite distinct, of course, from other faith traditions and those who have no religious faith at all. Looked at in another way, the Church can be seen thus as having a sacramental character, as the sign of God's activity within this world of our present experience, calling us to himself. All this has very large implications. On the one hand, it does point to something that we can only fully come to understand and enjoy 
in the life of the world to come, which is to say, in the eschaton, as theologians call it. But on the other hand, there is an important present aspect of coming to realization here and now. But this perspective implies, too, that we are called within the present structures of human existence to be part of a particular group within and through which the unique call of Christ comes to expression in our present world. As Christians, we are summoned specifically by the Word of God. We are also marked out and enabled through the sacraments of baptism and Eucharist to be part of the manifestation of God, whereby the wider world is brought to him, as is our hope. In other words, the world to which we witness as Christians can be brought through understanding something of the God who created it to a more adequate understanding of the world itself, through the telos, or end, to which we are all, as God's creatures, called. As we look back at the coronation, and that key moment of anointing, we are bound to think, too, of the music that accompanied that act, namely the famous anthem by Handel, Zadok the Priest, one of four coronation anthems that he wrote, and a setting of words from 1 Kings 1, 38-40, words which tell of the anointing of Solomon. Thus, like the priest Zadok, the Archbishop of Canterbury anointed the new king before he was crowned in a physical action that symbolized powerfully God's setting him apart and calling of him as king to his role in the British state, Canada, Australia, and all the states of the British Commonwealth of Nations as sovereign, as well as supreme governor in the specific case of the Church of England. Looked at in this way, we see in the act of anointing the setting apart of the king for his special purpose and vocation, indeed the special purpose and vocation of his entire life. This is also why, once anointed of God, British monarchs, the late Queen Elizabeth being a very good example, see themselves as being in an estate defined by God, to which they are bound in a lifelong commitment, be that lifelong or short which it would in fact be to fall short of if they were to step down, as it is for God ultimately to determine when they leave this sacred office of sovereign. The anointing in the coronation is a powerful sign and action whereby the office of monarch and sovereign is placed in a profound theological context, nothing less than the entire state, nation and commonwealth is placed within a deep metaphysical framing, and thus caught up in a powerful vision of all under God. This speaks, in the end, to a wider vision of the human estate. It was therefore no accident that for centuries, until as it happens this particular coronation, the epistle read in preparation for the central rite of Holy Communion was in fact the one presented by a Philistia of the Church Lectionary, for the fifth Sunday of Easter this year. This epistle reminds us that God's intention is to anoint his entire church and to make us all be, in the words of the epistle, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
quoting there first Peter two nine. Thus are we called by God in Christ and set apart by his Holy Spirit. And as we think about that text more deeply, we can see in the phrase something very important there, to be a holy priesthood. That phrase uses the Greek word very specifically, hagios, which means holy or set apart for God, as well as upright. Just as the tabernacle and temple of the Israelites were holy because they were the dwelling places of God, and the priests and Levites were holy because they were set apart for service in God's tabernacle and temple. One further point to consider as we look back on the coronation is that while we often tend to think of vocation and calling as all about a freely made choice, that is precisely not the situation of the king. The estate of monarch usually falls upon the recipient as a result of birth, not choice. It would be possible, under the English constitutional arrangements, to refuse to become king by putting oneself outside the line of succession. But that doesn't change the point about what happens when you are king, because it's not an act of your own choosing. Thus, while the office is often thought of in terms of privilege, this involuntary aspect brings home that ultimately kingship has to be based upon surrender of the self to the higher good of the nation under God. All of this makes clear that the coronation makes rather deep affirmations that for some may even now seem rather countercultural, as they affirm that the summit of the state resides in a person and institution defined by service and self-dedication to a higher cause under God, and not by choice, and still less by self-indulgence. Thus do we see in the anointing and the coronation acts that do far more than define the life of the immediate sovereign, in this case King Charles III. Rather, they speak in deep ways to the Christian vision of society under God looking to a world that can be made perfect and redeemed by Christ. This is a centuries-old understanding, offering profound hope as we think about the state, our nation, and our place in the world, rooted in Christ and witnessed to by his church and people. This offers nothing less than a transformative vision for the world itself.